Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, not much new to report on this week. I'm just going to be giving my presentation to the Alta Club tonight, and hopefully I'll be able to record that and use that as a podcast in a future episode. Before we get on to the second part of my interview with Andrew Vick on his summer sale for the summer of 2019, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping you with everything you need to sew for your boat, from bimini's and boat covers to upholstery work, and even sewing your own sails. Sailrite is your one-stop shop for fabric, sail and canvas kits, tools, hardware, and sewing supplies. Sailrite is also the maker of the patented Ultrafeed sewing machine, a portable heavy-duty machine that can handle all the sewing jobs for your boat and more. A passionate crew of DIYers, Sailrite produces high-quality, free how-to videos to empower their customers to turn their sewing dreams into a reality. All right, let's get on to the second interview with Andrew Vick on his summer sale of 2019. Yes. And now more. (laughs) And I've never done it once, so I'm going to have to try that next year on my way back down then. If the weather settled, that is, you know, when you get waves, kind of your typical Mistral, you know, the waves coming down from the northwest, they can wrap around and Mm -hmm. make a little uncomfy. If you have the Scirocco, right, the, the more of the southeast one, then it's really not nice. Yeah. We had actually, a couple of the nights, we had a pretty strong Bora, and the Bora blows pretty strong in, in that area. It's right. just really falling off that hill. So we were getting blasted. You know how the Bora comes, it just has these gusts. That's, you know, it's like someone's punching you in the gut. It just kind of comes like that. It's and not a steady and, wind. And you had no problem with your holding of your anchor? Yeah, holding was fine. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah, I have 20 kilo Bruce. You know, it's not one of these fancy rock nose or anything, but you know, the bottom there is all sand and it's yeah, super good holding. Okay, okay. So, but we did go around. So we spent a night or two there, but then we did backtrack around the uh, up to your previous winter base, the okay, ACI, ACI Marina. Marina. Okay, uh huh. Just to kind of sometimes you just need to sometimes yeah, you know, of course you got to fill water tanks, mm-hmm. um, clean up, and yeah, yeah. You got to pull into a marina once in a while, but not too often, fortunately. So, yeah, and I had a sail. I actually managed to get a little tear in my mainsail, so I had the sail guy there kind of fix me up. Okay, so, that was great. You pull in. I called ahead. He said, "Yeah, yeah, just give it to us." You know, that afternoon he had it. You know, back in the morning, so that was super convenient. Have you ever taken your dinghy up the river from the marina? No, I never have. What's that like? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It, it uh, you can go all the way up to where the the whole river comes out of the uh, the mountain because that whole river is is just a huge spring coming out the side of the mountain, and you can't quite get up there. They block you off before you get there, but uh, it gets cooler and cooler water as you go up, and the current gets stronger and stronger as you go up. and And your sailmaker is right along the way there. The North Sail sailmaking loft is right along the river. Uh, mm-hmm. Just up that river from ACI Marina. That's what. That's the reason we went up there one time is we wanted to take our drifter up there and drop it off and have some work done. So we just said, well, let's just take it up to him. So we took the threw it in the dinghy and motored up the river and got off the dinghy and hauled it into him. So yeah, yeah, cool, huh? Yeah. It's funny about the water temperature even in the marina. I noticed when I was you know went to the kitchen. I'm I don't know, washing my hands or some dishes or something. 
I noticed the water coming out of my faucet, you know, was, was really cold. And my tanks are down below, like, you know, mm -hmm. right on, right under the settees and the salon, right? And, and then I looked at the water temperature on my, on my little gauge, and the water temperature was 17 degrees, which I think is 62 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, you jump in the water there, and you know it's cold water when you jump in up there. So I had no idea, because just down the river, you know, out more in the open, I mean, the water was is like 80 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. It's 27 Celsius, and here it was 62. It was such a difference. And I tell you what, it was also great for sleeping. It was it was kind of warm that period when I was in Dubrovnik, and, but at night, it was so pleasant and comfortable. It was the best sleeping weather. I mean, that alone, I would go into that marina for just to have a guaranteed night of, of cool temperatures. Yeah. Well, you know, you can anchor just outside of the marina, too. You don't have to True. go into the marina. And I, and the day we went up there, we'd come back from, uh, from Montenegro. We cleared in Sovtot, and, uh, and uh, that guy that you know there you know, told us that there was a big Bora projected for that night. And I'd looked at my weather forecast, and it didn't tell me anything about a Bora because my plan was just to go around the other side of Sovtot and anchor for the night. And I've been there in a, in a borough before, and I did not want to be there again because it was a miserable night. So I said, mm -hmm. well, let's just head back up to uh, ACI Marina. And so we drove up to, you know, motored on up to ACI Marina. As we were heading up the river, the borough hit, and it just built and built and built and built. And we dropped outside of the marina, which is really good, deep mud, strong holding and just swaying there all night long. And the next day we went into the marina, and they said, oh, you couldn't have come into the marina last night because it was too windy. We closed it off. We weren't allowing people into the marina when the winds are that strong. So Yeah, that's a tight little marina, right? There's not, not a whole lot of you know, Not a lot of wiggle room, room in there, yeah. Not a lot of wiggle room, especially for my boat that doesn't back up with Yeah, current, right. So, <laughs> but, so ACI Marina, then where do you head? Yeah, when I, we went, then we went back to the walls uh, or anchoring under the main walls because that's the thing. I did notice there's a brand new marina. I guess it just sort of opened maybe, well, I guess this summer, earlier this summer, in the main port you know, where all the cruise yeah, ships are. Yeah, yeah, that's been under construction for a while. And it wasn't open when I was there earlier in the year. Was it open when you went by there? It, it was, at least maybe not. I mean, there were boats in there, so uh -huh. they were definitely taking on boats. I don't know if it's fully equipped yet with all the things they've but, but I hear it's Marina Frappa. They also run the marina up in Rogoznica, which is which is a little bit north from Trogir and south from Shibenik. It's also another Marina Frappa. So, but I've read uh, at least on Navali, you know, this cool app that mm -hmm. people can put in all the comments about things. And it's it's it seems like it's super expensive, not really well protected. You, know, you have a lot of traffic going in and out of that port. So. I think a lot of a lot of boat wakes would probably go in, and you're still pretty far from town. You're still, you know, a ten minute drive, you know, bus or or a taxi Uber ride from town. So I don't know if it's a whole lot better than, uh, well, of course you're closer than the ACI, but that's a downside to Dubrovnik. There's no real place. I mean, you can't, except for anchoring. You when can't the weather's get, yeah, good. You can't get close to the old town anywhere. So yeah, yeah. and that's where you want to be. I mean, Dubrovnik is. I mean, it's a big town. The universities. It's a real city, right? But mm -hmm. really, we just we want to be in that old town because it's such a magical place. Yeah, and that new marina. I mean, you're going to have as long a walk to get anywhere to go anywhere anyway. You may as well stay at ACI Marina and just catch the bus outside of the ACI Marina. Sure. So, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, or yeah. you can just take an Uber if, if Uber works in Dubrovnik. Not sure. If it yeah, does. it does. We used it a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so we went back to anchor. We had a couple more nights just anchored off the old town, uh, and I mean that's just, I mean just waking up and seeing that view is just 
All right. All yes. right. I've got to try that because I've never done it. In all the years I've been up and down through Croatia, I've never anchored there. So that's going to be on my list for next year. Now, one morning, now you've seen over the years from my Google track how many times I've anchored there. Yeah. This is the first time this has happened to me. The Port Authority came over and charged me for anchoring there. Really? Now, I've read that other people have been charged, but it never happened to me all these years. And this year, out of, I think, four nights there, it only happened to me once. But they came and took... 675 kuna from me, which is a hundred dollars for one night. Then, huh? For one night of dropping your own anchor, you're not even on a mooring ball, right? Uh. And uh, and he even said, yeah. And you know, let's say this is good for for tomorrow too. So if, so if a colleague comes tomorrow, just show him this, and, and you'll be fine. Oh wow, okay. So that was that was crazy, and you know, I took a picture of the receipt. I showed it to this uh, local Croatian guy that I, I came across later in the summer, and, and he was a little skeptical of whether because there are certain check boxes, like they're supposed to check off: Are you an excursion boat? Are you, uh, you know, one of these big woodies or what do you call those Turkish goulette boats? Mm-hmm. You know, he said there wasn't really a check mark for collecting fees from boats that are just anchored out. So he he thought it might have been. Bogus, you know, huh? but, but who are you going to be to argue with the guy, right? I mean, yeah, when it's a port authority, yeah, I mean, these are the guy. I mean, these are like the real deal. This is the government. You know, sometimes you have a private concessionaire that mm-hmm. you can maybe negotiate with or give him some beer, you know, do half price for cash without receipt. But yeah, this is like the port guy. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what do we so, know? So, when you, when you anchor there, where would you take your dinghy into to get ashore? Would you go right into the old marina? Right into that old, yeah, right into the old town little mini marina there. Is, where there, all the some sort of a, is there some sort of a dinghy dock in there? You know, the, the port guy said we should put the dinghy over by the pink building, which is their building, which was very inconvenient. I ended up kind of, yeah, I'm a smaller dinghy. Well, that's a normal dinghy, yeah. nine-foot-long dinghy. I, I kind of squeezed in where I thought I'd be kind of out of the way and wouldn't interfere with the local boats. Then one of the times, another local guy kind of yelled at me and said, hey, you can't come in here da, da, da. then he says well just tie it up a little further further away he pointed to another section so okay okay but you could step off the dinghy onto shore then where he got off yeah absolutely okay yeah huh. yeah, yeah so i've done i've walked around there and looked out but i've never i but i haven't looked for a dinghy dock in there but again i've i've never i've seen boats anchored where you're talking about but i just assumed they were there for the day and not overnight but uh i'm gonna have to try that out overnight sometime next year probably it, yeah, there's one electric cable you need to be aware of, um, but, yeah. It's on the chart, I'm sure. It's on the chart, yeah. 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 So, yes, after a few uh, good nights in Dubrovnik, had another crew change. One guy swapped out for another. Um, yeah, it's time to check out. You know, our next stop is going to be basically Italy. So we're going to do the overnighter over okay. to Italy. Um, okay. So, so now, we, you, uh, now you like to sail with about three people on your boat just like I do. Is that about right? Yeah, three is ideal. We could yeah. be four, but then I have to share my forward cabin with somebody. Okay. Um, but yeah, three is ideal. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're doing an overnighter, you know, you like to have shorter shifts. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we s- sailed out of Dubrovnik. Okay. And uh, and we were going to check out in Samta because that's. Uh, that's where you check out. It's easier to check out of there than the uh, main port, then, huh? Yeah, so that was an easy five six mile. You know, we put, pulled up anchor. You know, mid morning and uh, just kind of had a nice easy sail down there um one of my crewmates had met a girl on tinder so we actually met uh, brought her and her friend along with us just for that ride to savta because mm-hmm. it's you know, easy enough for them to take the bus back up to dubrovnik so yeah we had some company along sailed a 
nice easy six miles Genoa up only just kind of cruising down there um sea was pretty flat grabbed a buoy we did a little swimming with the girls you know for uh you know, before we went over to the to the customs key. So did so. you grab a buoy right in the little harbor there? Actually, no, we dropped anchor. I, I forgot now. We actually we actually put put our anchor down. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, deep, deep into the Savtat Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Did they come over so. and charge you? No, they didn't. We were there maybe an hour or so. Ah, you know, okay. Kinda okay. Hanging around. So, But finally then we, uh, yeah, my, my crewmate brought his lucky girl to shore and then... Uh, and anyway, the three of us, the three guys, we went over to the customs key. And uh, funny, so so we have this thing, you know, they charge you what a hundred kuna line yeah, handling fee, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. You you say you've been able to get away without doing that, though. Did you do it this summer? Yeah. So we we're kind of late. We pulled in maybe two, three o'clock. There weren't too many boats anymore there, so we dropped the anchor and backed up. You know, every other customs dock in Croatia is a side tie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Everywhere else, it's a nice, easy side tie, you know. But this is the only place. God, you have to, not even a lazy line. You have to put your anchor down and then back up to the key. And I managed. My crew managed to lasso the bollard again, so we we actually got our stern line on the bollard without having stepped off the boat. So and the, the fact, guy was, the guy was cool with that then, huh? Well, he wasn't there anyway to catch our lines, but uh-huh. once he saw us coming in, he kind of rushed over. But instead of admonishing us for whatever we did, he started chatting with us, and he thought he had seen me several times before. And he started describing some other American boat that uh, that has been through Sabtat several times, and he allows that boat to actually tie up kind of on the on the edge of the quay, where like the police boat usually mm-hmm. usually ties up. And mm-hmm. he thought it was another San Francisco boat, and then I started thinking maybe this guy's talking about you. Yep, yep. He's let me tie up wherever. He told me to tie up where the police boat is from time to time. So, and I also have side tied in there in the past as well. So, if you get in there and, early enough, you can come in and side tie there. But then, then you're blocking it off for everybody's trying to get in there right after you show up. So, well, I tell you, you and I. I mean, when our boats are side tied, we take about the same room anyway as uh, as one of those mega yachts. Yeah, I mean, they put they have hundred footers backing up there. I think I've seen, or at least eighty footers. Yeah, well, nowadays catamarans are wider than our boats are long anyway. So. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so this nice younger guy, he was totally, I was ready for the, hey, you know, I need to charge you anyway. We have line handling fee, da, da, da. And then I said, he's just sitting on the ball or just friendly chatting with us and confusing me with you. Oh, cool, said, yeah. Because yeah. he says, yeah, there's this other American boat. Haven't you been here a few times? Usually, you know, you're tying on the side here. And uh, yeah, immediately thought he must be talking about you, and I guess I guess he was. Yeah, because we were there twice this summer and twice last year, and you know, on and on and on. So yeah, and it's the same guy. That's probably his summer job. That's probably all he does for the summer. So friendly enough yeah. guy. And my my wife really chatted him up quite a while while I was out wandering around getting all the custom stamps and you know the the, the stamps that you need. But uh, so she had a really nice long conversation with him, and uh, so she's much more pleasant to talk to than i am so that was she was <laughs> spreading goodwill so mm-hmm. and he was a nice younger guy he's just wearing a casual t-shirt uh yeah he was cool but yeah i guess he confused san, I, I have san francisco as my hailing port yeah, I guess my, Salt Lake I City. no i have san francisco as well i didn't know that why do you have san francisco because i have a choice of either salt lake city or san francisco where i'm at and i didn't want to be a, a landbound port i want to be a sea i'm a blue blue water sailor yeah, because he kept saying, yeah, this other boat is San Francisco. And I said, well, that sounds like Franz. But I said, yeah, yeah. I don't think he has San Francisco on the back of his boat. Yeah, but, I do. Okay. Yeah, you, I had a choice. That was a choice when I documented my boat. 
And they said, you can either use Salt Lake City or San Francisco. I said, I'd rather use San Francisco. So that's what I chose. But it seems like people are able to pick like pretty much any town as, as their port because you see crazy landlocked. I mean, I met an American couple from Arizona with a. Yeah, you you've know. probably seen the same one from Arizona that I've seen. Uh, yeah, I've seen it around all over the Mediterranean. The blue, bluish hull is it the blue hull boat we're talking about? Ooh, this was a white hull boat couple in their late sixties. Okay, okay, maybe a different one, but yeah, I've seen a guy from I forget if it's Tempe, Arizona. Anyway, from somewhere in some city in Arizona also. And it, it really depends on if you're documented or registered. And if you're registered, uh, you'd put Delaware. You know, most of the Delaware, the Delaware boats, I always call them. But they're always, but I think you're right. If you can put whatever, you sort of have a choice of the actual city where you come from or where you, the boat comes from or another hailing port on the coast. I just chose San Francisco. So that's, that's why my boat's San Francisco. It is an attention getter. I mean, people, I mean, I'm everybody sure you have knows, the same experience. Everybody knows who San, where San Francisco is. You know, most people wouldn't know where Salt Lake City is. So that's okay. So no. I get a lot of it. I tell you, with the U.S. flag and the San Francisco hailing port and having kind of an older, a little bit crustier boat, um, I get lots of attention. I mean, people are constantly coming up wanting to know the story and wondering if I had just arrived from mm-hmm. the big crossing yeah so. yeah, yeah that that yeah you're a you're an oddity you know you're an you're an oddity if you're not a delaware boat delaware boats have a reputation of being owned by the turks and they're just avoiding taxes but but yeah. uh, russians too i think oh really okay yeah, yeah. could be yeah so you went from yeah. there did you go over to brindisi or what italian port did you head to from Softot then well, Italian Savtad, you know, in that time, when I was, as we sailed from Dubrovnik, remember I said it was, it was very calm, just a nice light northwesterly breeze. By the time we were in the police office, the seas and everything had built up, and the key there was, was getting really, really nasty. I mean, we were bouncing around. It, was, uh, it wasn't good. So I actually had to, I was called back to the boat out of the police office to, hmm. to sort of straighten some things out. We ended up side-tying just to complete the whole process, so... So, yeah, it was nasty. I mean, the, the waves were just coming in. And um, so we were kind of in a little bit of a hurry to kind of, yeah, get the, get the paperwork taken care of. They yelled at me for checking out past 3 p.m. because I guess the harbor master doesn't work past 3. Ah, I didn't so, know that. So 3 p.m. is sort of the magic number then, huh? Yeah, but the police guy, he could do the crew list for us. He was just, he didn't want to. I mean, mm-hmm. he did, but he didn't feel like it. <laughs> so that's why he yelled at me for checking out. I mean, they, they can be a little lazy over there. Dalmatia, so but we got cleared out. Everything was fine. So we, uh, yeah, we get off the dock. You know, we're bashing up out of that bay, and you know, you get out, you you hang a left and point towards Italy. But now it's right right on your nose, then pretty much, huh? The sea state, the sea state was was nasty. There's one little island there. We got to sail up kind of behind the little island. But I tell you, we sailed out. We got out there, and the seas were so steep and short. I mean, it was. Absolutely uncomfortable. I mean, we were laying our, our waypoint, so we were pointing at actually a town called Giovinazzo. But and we had the I don't know true wind was probably maybe about seventy degrees off our off our bow. Um, oh, hold on a second. I'm going to pause this. All right. So after that short delay, I had to call my daughter back, but. Uh, you uh, you were talking about you came out the seas were terribly high. Continue with that story. Yeah, yeah. You know, we checked out a Savtad, passport stamped, all that. Heading out, 
And you know, the forecast was for, you know, winds kind of in the upper teens, uh, you know, from a kind of a beam reach direction to get across to Italy. Figure upper teens, well, it's going to be a little wavy. It's, it's going to be fast, a fast but uh, exciting sail over. Um, but boy, those seas were just so steep. I mean, there was no chance of us accomplishing anything. It's a 24-hour sail. It's 120 miles or so. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let, let's give it an hour and just kind of see if things maybe smooth out or anything. But but it didn't. So, uh, we, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to eat or use the toilet or, I mean, sleep or anything. I mean, it was just, we were just bucking like crazy. So, uh, yeah, so we just turned back. You know, and then, then the big question is, you know, what do you do? Do you, yeah, do, you have to, do you have to go back and clear back in or what do you do? Right. At this point, you know, we're going to return to Savtat, you know, pretty much at sunset. We know the police are there 24 hours. The Harbmaster isn't. Um, didn't really, really be want to stuck in Savtat over, be stuck in Savtat overnight. And my buddies start talking about this amazing restaurant that we discovered in Dubrovnik that we wouldn't be nice to be back there. You know, and uh, so we actually kind of tacked back towards the coast, followed kind of similar, you know, probably 70 degree true wind uh, heading back. And we were actually able to lay uh, the town, the old town of Dubrovnik again, and just got in there and put the anchor down. We were pretty beat. I mean, it was uh, it was rough. You know, boat handled it you know well enough. We were very reef down. It was mm -hmm. it was just so uncomfortable. So dropped anchor under the old town, motored dinghy in, and, and had the dinner at that nice restaurant we found. <laughs> <laughs> but you're feeling pretty, you're probably feeling guilty. I mean, you're feeling like the police are going to descend on me any time now because I'm in the country illegally at this point in time, right? And that's the thing. And the Croatians take it so seriously, yeah. right? This whole yeah. stamping in and out thing. So yeah, I mean. It was a good idea not to get arrested or get into any kind of trouble. So, so no bar fights that night. Uh, <laughs> not, that, not that that ever happens. Of course, I'm joking. But uh, yeah, that was kind of rough. So anyway, we went in, had a nice dinner, um, turned in a bit early. Then the next day, we set off again to, to do the crossing. And it was like, I mean, it couldn't have been more opposite. I was afraid, though. One thing I said, hey, guys, if we do turn around, you know, tomorrow the forecast is for no wind. So we may have to motor all the way across. And uh, so they said, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just, you know, get us back to shore. So, so the next day we, uh, we sailed off again and uh, we had the most beautiful sail across. We had this uh, a nice 10 knots on the beam. It was just as smooth as, as nice as can be. We sailed at least two thirds of the way. I think at some point in the middle of the night, we put the motor on for a couple of hours, but uh, ended up having this super nice sail over to, to Italy. Now I'm so. looking at the uh, Google Earth. Where did you land? In Italy, that little peninsula that pokes out there? You know, it landed in a small town called Giovinazzo. I actually just emailed you the 2019 oh, okay. Uh, okay. track file. I don't know how quickly you can get that into your Google I'll Earth. Probably do it really fast here. I'll go and... There we go. Open. Oh, there we go. Okay. That's the, uh, the new one, then. That is the fresh off the presses, 2019 uh, Google track. Oh yeah. The new, the, new, the, new, the new red line. No, that's not the one. I got to get down here to uh... turn off the other ones. That might make things uh, less confusing. <laughs> well, that just cleans it up way too much. Then okay, so <laughs> there we go. All right, there we go. Now I can see it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so you'll see how I turned around. You know, mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. that first attempt and. Uh, you know, tack back up to, to town. It, 
would have been a nice sale back to Savta when we did turn around. It would have been more of a, you know, being broad reach, but uh, we wanted we wanted Dubrovnik. We wanted to go somewhere fun, so or at least with great food. So when you go to Italy, do you clear into Italy or not? You know, so, no. I, you know, you've brought this up before, uh, as I have. It's just, Italians just don't seem to care. <laughs> like, even when you do try to do it right, it's kind of hard to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. yeah Unlike the Croatian. Boy, Slovenia is a big deal, though. They don't want you going by Slovenia without clearing in. Right, yeah, yeah. And they have that nice little, you probably checked in in Piran there, that little yep. office mm-hmm. right, in the, mm-hmm. right in the port, so... You know, we sail straight for Giovinazzo because Giovinazzo is a gem of a little town. I mean, I, when I'm in there, I'm usually the biggest boat in the place. It's all local boats. They have one spot now for, for visitors or maybe two spots for visitors. And I tell you, you probably couldn't get much more than a 40-foot boat in there. I'm 36. So, and Giovinazzo is just a gem. It's really cute. It's very intimate. You're right in there under the old town walls. Just a great spot. It's not a port of entry at all. Mm-hmm. I should have gone into Bari and checked in there and, and done all that. But, you know, when the Italians don't seem to care that much, you know, that makes me not want to care that much. Yeah, so. yeah. And I like the Italians for that reason. They don't really care about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Giovinazzo had a couple nights there uh, at my birthday there, actually. And although it was kind of weird, one night we were, we were just there, you know, late, late at night, kind of just chilling on the boat. And the, the powerboat, a couple boats over, there's an empty berth next to us, and then the powerboat over had a rat running around on it <laughs> i was like oh, oh how awful so we actually jumped onto that powerboat we talked to the owner before but he, he was a local he had gone home for the night but we kind of stepped on his boat and trying to i don't know scare the rat somehow so didn't succeed they always have a place to hide right yeah. so and then we got busy forming little uh you know on our dock lines we cut open some plastic bottles the uh, funnel style to try and you know, make sure the rat didn't crawl up our, our, our dock lines. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had of problems course. with uh, rats on your boat in the past? Never, never, never oh. did. So okay. I was really nervous about him joining us. But so anyway, we put the little funnels on the lines and then we, we went to bed. So, But, uh, but Giovinazzo was great, um, really cute place. The next stop was uh, up the coast in Trani, T-R-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. I'm following your track now. Now it's easy to follow you, so... Yeah, and a beautiful sail up to Trani. Um, I tell you, you know, I've had some of the best sailing along the Italian coast. Sometimes you get this nice, gentle, you know, afternoon sea breeze, and onshore breeze, maybe 10 knots off the beam. I've had really some of the most pleasant sailing. That's my kind of sailing, you know. I, I don't need to go... You know, I, I sail in San Francisco Bay enough. We have our 20 to 30 knots every day in the summer. And ends up being just kind of cold and wet. Mm-hmm. So I like my 10 knots on the beam, just full sail up, smooth as can be. Got into Trani. Trani is a gem of a town also. It's bigger. It's a big port. Um, but, you know, the town is kind of surrounds the port. So it's it's really just just a nice setup, really scenic and lively. And, uh, yeah, got into Trani. Um, had a couple of nights there. Kind of funny. So there's this... And I hadn't been there in seven years, but the same girl I ran into seven years ago walking in the docks, she comes up and says, oh, hey, I'm kind of a local agent. I can help you with anything you need. And I've never really had this anywhere else in the med where there's been twice in a row in Trani. The same girl comes up and says, yeah, anything you need, I can help you. Hmm. I don't know if she gets a cut, if she, if, say, calls a sailmaker or a mechanic or something. But 
but super nice. She spent a lot of time. She said, oh, you came over from Croatia. That's cool. She said, where did you check in? I said, well, actually, I haven't checked in. And she got really nervous. She got really, yeah, she was nervous for us. Huh. She said, she said, you know, there's a new rule now in the last couple of years since 2017 that you really have to check in to the closest port when you come in. And they're going to fine you 400 euro per person if they catch you, if they catch that you haven't done it. I said, hmm, okay. And I well, told her, like, even last year I checked in, I checked out. I, mean, I I'm didn't a, check I'm in a little confused out. about this because when I cleared in Slo- Slovenia, I asked the guy in Slovenia, I said, I need to clear in in Italy. And he said, no, 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 no. Now you're in the Schengen area. You don't need to clear in anywhere. You've already cleared in here. And when I got up to Montfalcone, I said, do I need to do anything? Is there any customs? They said, no, no, no. You don't need to worry about it. We take care of everything. So I'm, uh, I'm a little confused. I have to admit. Well, when you crossed the border, you checked out of Croatia, probably in Umag up mm-hmm. in the north. Right, and then, cl- and then cleared into Slovenia. So now I'm in the Schengen area. So. Yeah, so that's where you crossed the Schengen border. So that's all you needed to worry about in terms of getting into Schengen. Once you're in Schengen, you're in Schengen. Okay, so that's probably what the, she was saying, too. You're not, you haven't cleared into the Schengen area, then, is what she said. Right. Okay. Yeah, so she, was, she spent half an hour with us. I mean, I don't know what she gets out of this, but she, she ended up calling the police for us. To, to try and help us. And she said, oh, the police are really angry that you haven't checked in. So we, but she said, well, I'm, I'd like to send a picture of your passports to the police just so you sort of sort of checked in. At least you've notified them of who you are and, and all that. So we let her send pictures of our passports into the police, and that was apparently all we needed to deal with at, the, at that time. So. so she took care of that for you then? Well, I mean, she, we, as we were sitting there at, on the docks, yeah, she took pictures of our passports and texted them to the cops or emailed them or whatever. And I guess that was good enough for the time being. At least it would have avoided us if we had gotten into some trouble with the local police, at least. I don't know. At least they would have known that we made some contact. Okay, okay. Well, did you ever actually check in then or, or not then? That was the only sort of formal check-in I did was her sending a picture of our passports okay. to the local police. All right. Huh. So then we just went on our merry way and... And uh, she did say, though, that we, because we're going to go up to Viesta, right? Right. Viesta is on the spur of Italy. Right. And it's the most convenient spot to jump back to, to go back and forth between Croatia and Italy, because it's like 65 miles between Vis, you know, Vis in Croatia and Viesta. So it's like, I mean, bigger boats will do this in a day, right? Right. So this is like the natural jumping off point. However, there is no way to clear in or out of Italy in Viesta. Okay. Which doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you imagine a lot of boats are doing this. So she said, no, if you want to go back to Croatia, you have to come back to Trani and check out from here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Anyway, we had a couple nights in Trani. We had a good stay. Super, super cool place. Got the bikes out, biked around. There's this huge cathedral right in Trani. You know, I tell you, as much as they make fun or, or – Cruisers don't like the east coast of Italy. I mean, this stretch in general, in particular from Trani up to Viesta, is super nice. I mean, and Giovinazzo, too. And there's this whole, well, as, as you sail out of Trani and continue up the coast, there's this Gargano Peninsula, which is the spur. It's this really mountainous, unlike the rest of eastern Italy, which is pretty flat. There's this big mountainous promontory called uh, Gargano. It's a national park. They have a forest on it. It's, it's really cool. So... It's a really pretty section. I mean, other cruisers should definitely consider, you know, visiting this section, especially when Viesta is only 65 miles over from Vis. 
So I'm looking at this track going up. It looks like you're just uh, checking out every little anchorage as you're going up this peninsula. And uh, it looks like you spent a night at anchor uh, up a little ways on your way up there, did you? We found a spot. You know, it's a pretty long distance. And um, I guess it's 40 miles all, to, all the way to Viesta. So we actually didn't have time to get all the, all the way up. And we ended up anchoring for the night there in that anchorage that you see. Mm-hmm. Beautiful anchorage, you know, definitely more of a fair weather anchorage. It's not super protected, uh, but we had fair weather. So it was a great, uh, nice place. We anchored right next to this cave that we could paddle in with a dinghy. I mean, it was really neat. Easy, eight meters, mud, bottom. Um, nice anchorage. Uh, we were the only boat in there. You know, there people come for the day to hang out, but, you know, overnight it was just us. So great spot. Kind of weird, though, at midnight, I'm just sitting in the cockpit kind of like kind of yeah, winding down from the day, my crew had already turned in. I was about to turn in, and there's this boat approaching us. I see there's some boat flashing a light on us, and I see you know, some fishing boat and shining this bright light. So I, I'm kind of annoyed. I say, you don't need to blind us here. So I get my my light out, and I kind of flash back high, you know, high power back at him. And he still keeps coming towards us. And then uh, I hear him say, oh, it's a USA flag. Da, da, da. It turns out it's a government boat. It's the Guardia Finanza. I guess the oh. finance guards uh-huh. of, and it's midnight in the middle of obscure place, and they just they decide to come and visit us <laughs> at, at that hour. So until they could see you were an American boat, then, huh? Well, then they oh no, they were like oh you, and he keeps coming across, and then he comes right alongside us, and then they introduce themselves. They're in uniform, they have official boat and everything. And I'm like, oh, guess I should have been more welcoming, not blinding them with my light. Um, but they came up and they just, uh, yeah, they explained they were the finance guardians, whatever, and they asked for our passports. And uh, they explained it was just routine. They said, you know, they're patrolling the coast, there's you know, okay. human trafficking and things. And so they hung out 15 minutes, they took passports, they made a few phone calls, they asked what we were up to. I was kind of nervous since we hadn't, like, sort of properly checked in, but it turns out that that didn't come up. Um, they handed us our passports and our boat papers back, and it was just a good night. So yeah. they were very nice. Okay. That was my first boarding like that, I think, ever over in the Med. I've never had that happen. Well, I, uh, it's an, I've told this story many times, but I was, uh, I was, was never boarded, but I was asked to tie along a customs boat in Greece one time. But that's all, so. Do you get a lot of junk phone calls? Oh, sure. Okay, that's another one of those. All right. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you, there's something we discovered in, uh, in Trani just as we left. I, I saw rat poo on the boat in a locker. Ooh, on your so boat? I, yeah. So apparently our little friend that we had, uh, Giovinazzo, had made it onto our boat <laughs> and had been with us for a few days by that point. So, hmm. yeah, for the first time we had a rat on board. How did you deal with it? Oh, oh, it was horrible. Well, we discovered it just as we were leaving Trani, and you know we didn't have time to go out and look for any traps or anything. So, uh, so we brought him along. He was with us at anchor. And when we got to Viesta the next day, so we finally got to the town of Viesta, which is a pretty cool place. Um, first thing, it was Sunday eve- Sunday afternoon. I was afraid things were going to be closed, but a local said, "Hey, there's a hardware store over there." It was hot as can be. This is where really the heat was just really. Kind of, yeah, getting oppressive. But I, I launched the bike. I got the bike out, pedaled. And the store didn't have any tra- didn't have these snap traps that we would buy here. He could only sell me glue or the sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, yeah, use this, no problem. Just, you know, build a little moat and put some, tr- put some bait in the middle, and you'll get them. 
so that's the best I could do. So we found that and uh, yeah, put that out. No luck. You know, we had to pack all our food away. We actually hung the food in a duffel bag up the halyard. <laughs> hmm. And yeah, so that was, but no luck. So yes, he was with us for a while. So did you ever actually trap him? You know, we did. The end of that story was so we had him on board for I think eight days. So once we were back in Croatia, it was one morning, five thirty in the morning. The rat ran across my friend's body. It ran across his torso <laughs> as he was sleeping. Five thirty in the morning, I hear my crewmate screaming because a rat ran across and he stood up. He was just I don't know, angry and afraid and oh my, he was just it was just he was just disgusted most of all. So he stood up, and he, we're all up now. It's 5.30 in the morning. You know, the sun, sun just came up. And um, we're like, okay. And we're anchored out somewhere. We were anchored. And I said, okay, we, we got to do something about this. We got to get this guy. We, he'd been with us for a week at that point. So we started coming up with it. So we had managed at that point. We had accumulated some snap traps finally because Croatians would sell us snap traps. So we had one, one kind of humane trap where they walk in and the door closes behind them. And I devised also some uh, two electrocution chambers. I was figuring one of, one of my crew was an electric engineer. I said, hey, I have this 400-watt you know, inverter on the boat. You know, will he die if he's in contact with 220-volt power? He says, yeah, that would, that would kill him. So I started pulling out all these spare parts, these pieces of metal, wiring, and we devised actually two traps where if he walked in to get the bait, he would be forced to touch both the hot and the neutral wires and he would just be fried. So, so we built, spent the whole morning building two of these things. Um, we set all the traps we could. We set some of those big water bottles with some bait in it. If he walked in for the bait, it would fall off the counter and fall on the floor. But then this piece of string would seal the lid and da da da. It was. <laughs> we we had like twelve, thirteen of like traps all around the boat. It sounds like you went onto YouTube and looked for rat traps then. You know, we looked at YouTube after I thought of the electric thing. Oh, it's disgusting, actually. If you YouTube, uh, you know, AC-powered, you know, rat traps, it's 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 pretty nasty. Okay. Like, they get in, and you know, the muscles, you know, they spasm and they just flop around like uncontrollably, and then they just die. It's it's pretty gross. So, so we spent the whole morning doing that. Then we set sail. We wanted to get to another anchorage, so we got to our next anchorage uh, that evening. So we had the bowl, and we we. Had our dinner, you know, we cleaned out the dishes, put everything away carefully. We set all the traps out, and then we went up, you know, turned off the lights, sat out in the cockpit, and waited. And then we started hearing a little, little ruckus, a little noise from the rat. We could hear things happening down below, and then one of those water bottles fell down. We said, okay, we must have gotten him, but it was just a little wave came. Because, you know, we're balancing these water bottles just on the edge of the counter, so his weight will topple it. And... Anyway, but it was a false alarm. A wave had kind of toppled that that big water water jug. Um, so we're out there. We're just we really want this ordeal to end. So we're out there for about an hour, and finally we hear a uh, we hear a noise, right? And uh, we look down below, flashlights. He walked into the non-lethal cage, where the door kind of closes behind him. So, okay. so we caught him, and we we made a pledge earlier that night. We said, okay. Just to get some karma, karma point, we said, if we catch him, we aren't going to drown and we aren't going to kill him, assuming he gets into our non-lethal, you know. And, um, and then we fulfilled the pledge. We got him. We took a lot of pictures. We started looking at him. He actually looked kind of cute in some way. <laughs> and we all very ceremoniously, we launched the dinghy. We were anchored maybe, you know, 
100 feet from shore or something. So we, we put the dinghy in, and the three of us, we didn't need to do this. This is like 1130 at night now. But the three of us felt we should all escort him you know, and the cage to land. My one buddy, Lucas, he walked the cage up, you know, 50 feet up the rocks, opened the trap door, and let him free. And the mouse, actually, he was confused. He didn't seem to know where to go or what to do because he's been diving dumpsters in Italy all his life. Right now he's on this, like, beautiful island paradise. And, uh, but eventually he kind of scurried off. But he wasn't that eager to leave. I think he was enjoying his time on the boat and all the nice Italian food that he ruined for us. <laughs> So that that was the rat story, man. It was, but it was it was hell. Now, for, where did you let him go at? I'm looking at your rat, your chart here. I'm looking for the we, rat harbor. There's a little island outside of um, Var. Var. Oh, okay. So we got all the way that all the way to Var then, huh? He joined us that long, yeah. Wow. On, uh, I guess, yeah, one of those islands out there. It's an uninhabited island. The only thing it has on it is a nightclub. Okay, so one of these uh, pin pin droppings, uh, that island it looks like then, huh? Yeah, the island just due south of... Uh, yeah. No, not due south. Uh, there's a couple of pin drops yep. there. Mm -hmm. yeah, the okay. one that says August 14th, that's... Uh, that's where the rat got off then, huh? That, that's the rat's new home, is that island. <laughs> yeah, but it's a nasty thing. You just don't want to have it on. I don't know how you avoid it. I mean, they jump. They're so agile, they can jump on and off of anything you know so if you're lucky i mean but i hear in greece i mean sometimes you read about greece seems a little dirtier than, than croatia like in croatia i've rarely actually seen rats i mean it's very well seldom. you added one you added one yeah I, I brought one yeah but i hear in greece i mean you're on these town keys there's a dumpster nearby or even some islands i hear they're just crawling out your stern lines and just yeah but it never happened to you you've been in greece i've never i've never had rats knock on wood but no, I've never had it. So I've had snakes, but not rats. Snakes, oh my God. <laughs> it's a nasty thing. Anyway, yeah. All right, so, that, you, uh, so you clear, you, well, you don't really clear out of Italy. You just leave Italy then, huh? We just left it. We had a couple nights in Vieste. We rented, this was the hottest period for us. In fact, we rented a car one day primarily so we could sit in an air-conditioned little space for, for the day. But we had a beautiful drive. That, what day was this? When, when is this? Is this in August? Yeah, this is August eleventh. Okay, eleventh and twelfth. August eleventh and twelfth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. August twelfth. We spend the day driving around that whole peninsula, up in the forest. Really beautiful. Visited some old towns that were just stunning. Uh, something Saint Angelo, old town. Um, and then that evening, you know, set sail and did the overnighter. Had a beautiful sail back to uh, yeah, back to Croatia and checked in. If you see our mm -hmm. course, it's kind of funny. Uh, we were following the wind. We were kind of letting the wind dictate. I was expecting the wind to clock around. I see, start where, off more I, of a I see where it suddenly takes a straight line, so that's where you lost the wind. And it, no, we actually we sailed most of this. We actually sailed almost all. That straight line oh, really? was actually... Uh, and we were going to check in for Vis. We were pointed at Vis for the longest time, but the wind clocked around a bit more you know, to the northwest, so we just took a nice uh, nice beam reach into Vela Luca. Okay. Checked in there. And so that's a clear in port, too. So you could have cleared in either place, Vis or Vela Luca, then, huh? Yeah, we were just going to let the wind dictate. So Vela Luca isn't too set up for people to check in. I mean, it was, I guess the harbor master has siesta from 12 to 5. And the, and the, and the police had to drive clear across from Corchula Town, which is a one hour drive, which you had to do for the second time that day. So we spent the whole day in Vela Luca, but they were really cool. They said, you don't have to just stay on your boat at the customs dock. Yes, please go ahead. 
buy some rat traps, do some groceries, get some lunch. They were cool there. Okay. But some places they're like, you stay on your boat. Don't yeah. don't even think about going anywhere else in the customs dock. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that, the customs dock is right there at the end of that concrete dock then, huh? Yeah, they have that final spot right around where the fuel dock is. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. So let me ask you a question. So uh, would you – Would I'm in Italy right now, and I've spent time in Venice. I'll go back to Venice again this year. And by the way, I did tie up in Bruno where you told me to tie up. Yeah, right there. You found that spot. Yeah, because yeah, I was spot. texting you, yep. trying to text you that location. And cool. also in uh, Maruno, I found a spot to tie up. I'll, I'll give you details of that because I don't want it to get out too much. But <laughs> if you go back there to Maruno Island, we found a spot we spent uh, – Two or three nights on Maruno Island, tied up for free, right on a pretty prime spot. So, I'll I'll let you know that if you're heading back there. But isn't that amazing? High seas in Italy, you know, Murano, and you're just for free tied alongside. Yeah, like, yeah. You couldn't ask for a better spot. So I mean, it was yeah. amazing. And uh, so I'd, I'll go, I, I, I'll go back next year because my wife wants to go through the Venice canals. We took the dinghy through the Venice canals, which is one of those things I always wanted to do, but. Would you, since I've never been down the the Italian coast, next year, would you, if you were me, would you come down the Italian coast or would you go over and come down the Croatian coast? Hmm. I guess it depends on how much you miss the Croatian coast and Istria and all that. You know, um, I did not miss Istria. I did not think much of Istria because it seemed to be all car parks all up and down that whole entire coast there. So... You know, they don't have islands. This is the thing. You know, you're so blessed in Dalmatia with all the yeah. islands to get up to Istria. I do like Ravine, you know. Yeah, I, it's a beautiful city, Ravine. I like that. I like Ravine. Ravine is super cool. But, you know, if you look at my two, 2014 track, I did kind of, well, you can see what I did. I think it's from Venice going down to Chioggia, which is the uh, inside the Venice Lagoon. That's a pretty cool little trip. Yeah, and then um, you hop across here, I see. Okay, okay. I went to Ravenna. Ravenna is really neat. Um, it's a UNESCO town. They have a, so it's for historic, historical reasons, you know, Ravenna, I think, is worth a stop. It's, it's one of these big, massive marinas. Um, but inland a little bit is the main town of Ravenna, and they have quite a few UNESCO you know, historic sites. So the mosaics from, like, I don't know, 5th century or something. Okay, okay. Well, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and the area around the marina is pretty lively, too. You know, a lot of cafes and things. And did you clear in in Zadar or somewhere else then? Boy, 2014, when we sailed across from just below Rimini, uh, we checked in in Sali. Okay, so that's a check import then, huh? Small port, so that's a check import then, okay. Doogie Yautok has two check imports, Sali in the south, Uh and then uh, Bojava in the north, but both on the east eastern-facing uh, sides of the yeah, island. Yeah, I see them here, and it looks like you went to both of those places. In, Over the years, uh, been to both, yeah, yeah. Well, in 2014, you hit both of them, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. and that's and there's so many Italians crossing over from, you know, the central Italian coast. I mean, they, they yeah, they those are pretty, fairly busy check-in ports, uh, both of those. Okay. All right, so get, getting back, I'm going to have to break this up into two episodes because we've been going on for about an hour and... 30 minutes, 32 minutes now, believe it or not. And uh, so I'll be breaking this up into two episodes. So let's continue with uh, uh, you came across, going back to... Yeah, checked in in Bella Luca. Bella Luca, all right, good. Uh, so did you, you know, spend one night there or did you spend more than a night there? 
No, one night in Velo. That was actually we didn't even stay in Velo Luca. We only uh, yeah, we only did the customs, which took all day, and then we went around the corner and to a nice little, uh, really nice bay. Okay, I'm seeing uh, that bay here, and you like that bay, huh? Yeah. yeah, especially from the Google Earth, you'll see it has that very kind of Caribbean looking. You, you really mm -hmm. see the translucent right. greenish. Of, yeah, so that's, that's a great little bay. Uh, popular, though, we ended up having to take a stern. I, I prefer to swing. It's so much easier just to drop anchor and it swing. Is. But yeah. there were so many boats in there, we kind of had to take the, the stern line to shore. And then we had a little bit of a thunderstorm in the morning. And we're again getting that kind of broadside wind. So we ended up just ditching the stern lines temporarily. And, okay, uh, yeah. And swinging, so... And that and making electrocution chambers for the rat <laughs> is what we were doing in the morning while it was raining. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so from there, you headed back around. This oh, is kind of the home see, I can see a bunch of tacks. So you're going upwind to Corchula again then, huh? You, that was my outbound journey. Ah, you should follow the track that points us more one. to towards uh, Var Town again. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we made our way. Nice sail too. There was a there was after the storm. There was some Bora wind blowing, and we actually had a really nice sail. We sailed so much this summer. It was really really nice. Um, but a nice sail back towards the main island of Var, and that's where we anchored off of that island where we eventually caught the rat that evening. Okay. So, so I see I see you went into a little place called uh, on the on the. Oh, that's on the 25th of July. Is that right? Okay. So that's... And that was outbound. That was outbound. So I'm getting the two yeah. confused here. There we go. Yeah, the lines crossed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you went up to that little island there, and that's where you got rid of the rat then. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, with that crew, pulled into Var Town again and had a couple nights with my final crew. And uh, the usual shenanigans in Var. It's just, yeah, always chaos and craziness. But uh, my last crew left me there in VAR, so mm -hmm. I was uh, so actually spent two extra nights in VAR on my own, and then, uh, yeah, sailed out of there and uh, had a few stops on the way back to Trogir. Uh, so you do a little is... bit of solo sailing yourself, too. I had a, about a week of solo sailing this summer myself. And yeah, so... and I, I, should, I should kind of work that more into the schedule, because it is nice just, to, it's nice just to be on your own and you know, yeah. maybe fix a couple things or just, just chill for a while, because sometimes you have crew along. I mean, they want to see as much as they can in the week or two that they're on board, whereas, yeah. Another, another junk phone call, so ignore that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's nice just to decompress without crew. You know, the problem is in the very end, I do like to have some crew at the end because, you know, you want to have help the sails off. The yeah, you want yeah. some help, right? You need to put this uh, solo sail in the middle of the trip, not at the end of the beginning of the trip is what you need to do. So. Exactly, yeah. And, but uh, somehow, and I tell me that every year, but somehow, like, I find that my outgoing crew is usually greeting the incoming crew. I mean, it's, it's that much of a, that passive a turnover. Yeah. I always try to give myself one full day between the two because I'm always doing laundry. I mean, you got to wash the sheets and towels and the next crew arrives. And so uh, mm -hmm. I always give myself one day. But that's not always the case. Sometimes they show up early. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I make my crew bring their own sheets, so you know, I have blankets and pillows, but they need, you know, they need otherwise the sheets and pillowcase. You know, that might be that might be a good thing to do to save myself the headaches of it. I think I'll I think I'll adopt that policy from here on out. So bring your own sheets and towels and take them home with you, so I don't have to wash them. That's mm -hmm. I like that idea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a couple, yeah, a few solo days on the way back. You know, uh, 
found out it's a little bit of a challenge to find good all-around protected anchorages where you can just easily drop you know. an anchor. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing it, these it, spots you dropped, and it looks like you. Uh, and these are places I haven't been. I'm looking at uh, what's the name of this town? Oh yeah, uh, Vala. Is it Vala? Is that the name of this island? Where are we looking? So I left Var. So yeah, uh, have to look for the next pin or the little yellow thumbtack. The, uh, the island uh, east or west of Brock. What's the name of that island? That's uh, Sholta. Sholta. Okay. Yeah, and I see that anchorage on the uh, north side of Sholta that uh, that you tied up into. I I tied up into uh, uh, the town of um, yeah. Mel- it's uh, Masalinka. Masalinka? Yeah, on the very western tip right. of uh, Sholta. And mm-hmm. that is one of the most crowded anchorages I've ever seen in my entire life going into that bay. It was <laughs> unbelievable how many boats they had in there. Wow, yep. Yeah, Maslinica has a free side tie if it's available. Actually, there's a concrete key you can just pull alongside. It where? Um, in in Maslinica. Really? Yeah. Well, this is not the actual town. This is that bay to the south of the town. Oh, yeah, right, right. The one that has the... Re- you know, there are two restaurants in that bay. Yes. And they've actually organized... They've actually laid some lines already, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and they kind of... They parked me for me. They kind of pushed me into place. Yeah, they were doing that for a lot of other boats. I was able to drop an anchor right out on the tip of that peninsula on the opposite side of, the, of where the restaurants are and mm-hmm. back in there and drop an anchor and take a stern line ashore there. And uh, and after I dropped mine, somebody came between me and the other boat, and then somebody went on the other side. It, it was jam packed the night I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a popular spot, you know, especially you know that's kind of close to home. Is it's close to Trogir, so that might be a place people visit on the first day out or the last day before coming in. Yeah, yeah. They try and position themselves right around there. <laughs> this is okay. Yeah. So then you have to. So basically, you're you're heading home at this point in time. This is yeah. This is the home stretch. You know, this has been you know almost six weeks underway. So this is yeah the home stretch. Uh, Are you as a, now at the end of the summer? I'm anxious to get home. How do you feel about it? Sometimes, sometimes yeah. But actually, I, I don't know. Something about just being there. The you know it was good weather still. You know the sea is so nice. You're anchored in these amazing places, and I wasn't quite ready to hang it up. Actually, I, I wanted. I wouldn't have minded having a you know crew for another week or maybe two more weeks worth of crew i think would have been would have been nice but so for you were you out for a full two months or just six weeks in you know in the end i think i was i was afloat for about six weeks okay so but it was full two months for the most part then for you you're gone too yeah yeah i give give a week on either end just to not only get the boat ready but also yeah whatever a little extra projects that my boat of course bad badly needs it's uh, but i'm getting it getting it back when i got it it was in pretty bad shape but i'm slowly kind of getting it fine-tuned and then all these you need a little led accent lights everywhere they can change colors it's always you know, <laughs> important things like that <clears throat> yeah fun stuff that's fun yeah mm-hmm. cool good speakers subwoofer yeah yeah, that's something I don't have on my boat right now. My speakers that I had on there from years ago basically deteriorated with the weather, and I don't have a sound system anymore. So that would be... Well, I tell you, my top priority next year is to put solar on my boat. And I'm having the hardest time finding where I can buy solar panels to have them delivered to the marina. Do you have any suggestions for that? Where can I... You know, Is there an online source of 
of uh, solar panels that you are aware of in Italy or Europe that you know ships solar panels? Yeah, you know, my boat came with a, a fixed a fixed thing, you know, to the aft of the boat with solar panels. But I added a flexible solar panel, which I've installed above my bimini, and I got it from Italy uh, from a company called Solbian, which is actually kind of well, it's, they have a pretty good reputation, I think, in the solar world. Okay, okay. Solbian, S O L B I A N, and they shipped. Uh, we we had a long dialogue and discussing everything I needed, and they even like sewed zippers on, or they attached zippers on it so that my canvas guy could then put matching zippers on my bimini so they shipped this from from italy straight to straight to trogir in croatia all right well i'll look them yeah. up and and i'm looking for both flexible and a uh, couple uh here it is solbian eu en okay so i've found their website i'll just uh and here's their flexible panels like you said okay good i found that that's good to uh good to know i'll check into it because i could put one on my uh my uh, top my dodger top and but also, you know, I want more than that because my my fear now, since I don't have any solar on the boat, if I can't start the engine, I'm in I'm in a world of hurt. Even <laughs> if you know, if even if uh, I've got my backup battery, so yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll look them up here. They go. There's the solar panels. Good enough. All yeah, right. You know, you know, like you, I, I'm I'm taking a, a second bag full of just boat parts because mm -hmm. it's just easier mm -hmm. to to get things here in the U.S. and cheaper. But I've had good luck now. I mean, I, I had a fridge compressor sent, you know, one of these kind of, uh, what do they call them, isotherm, like fridge units was mm -hmm. delivered to Croatia. I've had uh, engine insulation, which is big and bulky, delivered from, from Germany. And then, yeah, the solar panel. So, yeah, I've, I've had great luck. You know, EU is kind of figuring out how to ship things across EU with, with little fuss. So. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking at their website now. They've got pretty much a lot of different configurations, both the flexible and the... Uh it looks like hard ones as well. Maybe these are all flexible ones, but uh, I think they have it all. They'll have it all, and they okay. also have the controllers. They'll they'll match up the controller that you need. Well, that's um, uh, that's yeah. one, that's one of my top priorities for next summer is to get solar panel back on the boat. And, so you haven't had solar? Oh, the, I had solar panels on the boat for the last twenty years, but they uh, they basically just died on me. Solar panels do wear out, and after ten years. Uh, it really wasn't the solar panels that wore out. It was the mounting brackets that wore out, or the, okay. the aluminum <laughs> the aluminum frame around them wore out and basically broke apart. And so, I had to throw them out. So no, the the mm -hmm. actual solar panels themselves were still delivering a charge, but they become about twice as efficient as the ones that I originally put on. So yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm looking to to re resolarize. I guess is the best thing to say. Um, Anyhow, you know, the dollar's so strong now. It's it's uh, now's a good time to go on shopping sprees, buying things, uh, yeah, in euros. Yep. All right. Thank you, Andrew. I think we've pretty much covered it. Is there anything else you want to add? Man, that's about it. It was a great summer. It's really sad that you and I didn't uh, cross paths. We were very close, mm -hmm. probably just a few days apart. But uh, yeah, maybe we we try again next year. Yeah, I, I, I think next. I think next year my plan is to. Uh, Basically, work my way down um, through, you know, basically go do the entire coast again and end up in uh, in in Greece. I'll probably try to winter in Previsa, Greece next year is sort of my thoughts. And uh, either that or I'll head towards the other side of Italy towards, I don't know. I've, I've been in Croatia now for three years. It's time to move somewhere else, and I'm not sure where to go. So we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll We'll be passing the same areas again, so maybe we will meet up next year again. Yeah, no, I hope so. That would be ideal if we could uh, get in some anchorage together. And uh, yeah. 
But I don't party as hard as you do. I just have to warn you. Well, we'll catch you on one of our detox nights. <laughs> That's probably the best thing. All right. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Andrew. Great, Franz. Good talking to you. Catch up later, okay? Okay. Take care now. Bye-bye. Well, that finishes up my episode with Andrew Vick. I'm always looking for new ideas to interview people. I got one last week, and I haven't had a chance to reach out to that individual. But if you have any suggestions, email me, franz1 at medsailor.com. And do me a big favor and go into the iTunes directory or your favorite podcast directory and write a positive review for this podcast. I would really appreciate it. I'm going to try to enlist your help in keeping this podcast going. I've been producing this podcast since January 23rd, 2012, and it's been a labor of love, and <laughs> for the most part, a non-monetized labor of love, and I need some sponsors. So if you are interested in helping me keep this podcast going, I would like to encourage you to think about and perhaps recommend companies or people who you think might be sponsors of this podcast. And let me give you a little bit of information which would help bolster the argument that they should sponsor this podcast. This podcast has been in continuous production since January 23rd, 2012. It's the oldest continuously running sailing podcast out of the 500,000 plus podcasts available in the iTunes directory. So far, there's been more than 425,000 downloads of this podcast. This podcast reaches a worldwide audience, the top countries of the United States, and then Great Britain, and then following that, Australia. So primarily the English language countries. 56% of our listeners are 45 to 54 years old, and 43.3% of our listeners are 55 to 64 years old. So this is a mature affluent listener audience. 68.1% are men and 38.2% are women. This is a very strong community. I get quite a few emails from listeners and I try to engage with the listeners and get people on that they want me to interview. So if you write me a letter and you say, hey, you might want to talk to this person, I always try to reach out to the person you suggest and try to get them on for a podcast. So it's a, it's a fairly tight community. I consider my listeners my friends. So who should be interested in sponsoring this podcast? Well, this target market is a highly affluent boating community. And in 2016, the recreational boating market in the United States alone amounted to $36 billion dollars. So people or companies who should consider sponsoring this podcast would be yacht charter companies, water sports apparel companies, boat equipment manufacturers, boat safety equipment suppliers, sailmakers, boat accessories such as eyeglasses, hats, and so forth, boat builders, and travel agencies. And anybody that's trying to market to this very specific niche community. I have more information available at the website and I'm willing to talk and meet with anybody personally that's interested in being a sponsor for this podcast. Just write me, Franz1 at medsailor.com. And I would really appreciate your help in keeping this podcast going. The website is www.medsailor.com or simply medsailor.com. M-E-D-S-A-I-L-O-R.com. Thanks. 
Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.